Capital of the world. A Smith screen. Hosey will defend. Oh! LeBron James with no record for human life. It's the TC Martin Show. Oh! Flight nine is cleared for landing. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. And Saul says, pay pass a big ticket. TC Martin. Oh, here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings. He's soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Ole! Ole! Yeah! Uno, dos, trace exactly. Trace 2,974 times. You know what we're talking about. The greatest shooter of all time. And I say... One of the greatest players of all time. Maybe not the greatest, but definitely one of these, one of the greatest. And you know how I feel about Steph Curry, the all-time three-point king. In uh, last night, he broke the record, two thousand nine hundred and seventy-four and counting. He needed two last night against the New York Knicks in Madison Square Garden. Steph Curry got it in the first quarter last night, and there you have it: the all-time three-point king, Steph. Curry gets the job done for the Warriors last night against the Knicks at the Garden. That's right. And uh, so we'll relive that. Uh, We'll talk to the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, today. We've also got plenty of NFL to talk about as well. T.J. Reeves will join us from Tampa Bay. Talk about those Buccaneers that are now 10-3. Buccaneers, Packers, Cardinals, all 10-3. Cowboys, 9-4 and on the outside looking in, but still four games left to go. So we'll talk NFL. And, of course, the Raiders and the Cleveland Browns, they will gather in Cleveland on Saturday. Heidi Fang will join us. She's getting ready to make the trip to Cleveland. So we'll talk some Raiders. We'll talk NFL, all of that, and a whole lot more on the program here today. But we start with the NBA. We start with Steph Curry getting the job done at the Garden last night. Yeah, I can't even remember... to the line. Here is the tying three in the all-time record. And Stephen Curry knows he's got one more to go to stand alone. Alec Burks guarding it from the start. Wiggins again. Here's Curry for the record. It's good! There it is! Stephen Curry! The all-time three-point king in the NBA! All right, uh, Reggie Miller on the broadcast, along with Brian Anderson on TNT last night. Uh, of course, Reggie significant because Reggie had the record prior to Ray Allen. Ray Allen sitting courtside at Madison Square Garden last night. Uh, of course, they stopped the game. Ceremony ensued. Uh, an embrace with uh, Ray Allen and uh, Steph Curry. And... Uh, an embrace with Steve Kerr and, of course, uh, uh, everyone else there in Madison Square Garden last night as Steph Curry becomes the all-time three-point king. And, again, to 
29-74 and counting. He needed two last night. He ended up getting five. Oh, and by the way, the Warriors won the game by 11 points over the New York Knicks last night. All right, so we've got a lot to talk about with that. So let's bring in our good friend, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, who knows a thing or two about Steph Curry, knows a thing or two about the Garden as well, too, the former first-round pick of the Knickerbockers back in the day. What's up, seven-footer? I'm having a great day. As a matter of fact, I am out here in Chicago right now, hanging out. Um, went over to Foggy's today. Had some uh, had some great soup, which I know hurt you. Wait, there! Uh, I knew you were at Froggies. I knew you were having the soup. I didn't get any pictures. I well, first of all, I didn't get the invite, but I understand you're in Chicago. I understand that. But where are the pictures? You know how much I love the Froggies French onion soup. Yeah, no, nah, we were too, you know, I, I don't I only get out of here once a month, so there's a lot of yip yap going on, and uh, guys have got a lot of stories, uh, we got sports guys there, so we're we're talking everything, football, uh, basketball, we're talking soccer, you know, we got a lot of international guys, so we got, we got a lot of stuff going. So you're saying, uh, sorry, TC, I'm too busy to take pictures of my French onion soup. I've got, I've got no problem taking the 10 minutes and, uh, and down on it, but I just don't have time to take a picture. That's what you're telling me? Because you're going to talk uh, soccer, you're going to talk bulls with some ham and acres there, over there in, you know, w- whatever, uh, on Green Bay Avenue there in whatever, Longwood, Inwood, wherever you're at there. Highwood. There it is. Highwood. Gotta love Highwood. Is there snow on the ground in Highwood? Is there, is there, is there snow on the ground? No, it's it's very weird weather here in Chicago. It's it's in the sixties and it's and it's overcast, so it's, it's really weird and what's going on. As a matter of fact, uh, I saw people actually on the golf course today. If you can believe it, it it's it's winter, and people in Chicago are still trying to golf. So this is a bizarre time right now. Just hear, just hearing the, the music here. Oh, it's froggies. You know how I feel about froggies. Ah, yes, uh, Bill Cartwright's establishment. This is probably a very poor French accent, but that's okay. The the froggies. Got to go to froggies. There, there we go. Numchuck's got it all right there. Do you have that kind of music going on? I can't remember. I mean, usually it's so, so noisy when I'm there. I, I, I can never uh, really hear the music. But it's French. That's yeah. why maybe you're not listening. But, uh, yeah, definitely French. French only. So, uh, yeah, it's been yeah, too long. Just, it's been too long there. I got to get back. I really do. I will say the seven footer. I mean, he does. He, he invites me all the time. I just, it's not just, it's not a three hour drive like it used to be for me. Three and a half hour drive from Green Bay to Chicago. It's a, you know, it's like a three and a half, four hour flight now. So it's a little bit different. I just can't, you know, come drop of a dime. But I definitely need to go. And I've talked to you over the summer about we need to coordinate. To get to Chicago at the same time, but you know, your schedule didn't uh, didn't afford that. No, and, and you know, and it's still a funky time. So let's not get carried away. There's still this uh, uh, virus roaming around the nation, and uh, you know, if you've been watching any any, uh, I'm sorry, ball basketball, uh, they have ten players out with COVID, and uh, they they canceled their last two games. So. Uh, let's just take it easy now. Take it easy and be careful and uh, wait for this thing to die down and then we can really get after it. Yeah, and that is true. I mean, all the sports are being affected by it. We're going to talk about you know the Raiders and the Browns game coming up on Saturday. Uh, the Browns have eight players affected by COVID. Uh, it's in the NBA. It's the NHL is affected by it as well, too. And you mentioned the Bulls where we actually – 
had a couple postponements, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, games in, in, involving Chicago. You know, we saw that uh, last weekend, too, uh, with Washington, with uh, Washington, the University of Washington. They, they, they lost by a forfeit, 2 nothing because they, they, they had to forfeit a game because of uh, COVID. So you're right. This thing is not done. Uh, it's fluid. And you're, you're right in the middle of it right there. I mean, two games canceled. And I didn't think we were supposed to have any postponements due to COVID. And we were supposed to play through this. And I know some teams like Brooklyn last night, the Nets, they had to go overtime. They only had eight guys suit up last night, and that is the NBA minimum. Eight players must be suited up or, or else you have a postponement. That was the situation with the Bulls. Yeah, Bulls only had seven guys. So it's, you know, like I said, it's still a funky time. And, you know, even though you're still walking around and you'll be able to take your mask off at some restaurants and stores, and there's still something going on. And, you know, I've, I got my two shots and, um, you know, my wife and I and a booster. So, and a flu shot. So we're, we're pretty much up to, up to steam and, and, uh, and, and healthy right now. So we just want to stay that way and feel be a little bit guarded. And so we're going to have to hang around uh, at our house. And right now I'm at my daughter's house in Chicago, so it's great. Uh, but you can't uh, be around a lot of people, not yet. Hey, did Jerry Reinsdorf know that you were in town? I mean, if they only had seven, why didn't he grab you? I mean, you probably could have gone 15, 20 minutes at least. You could have spelled some people, right? You can suit up. I, I could have played one in on the court, and uh, <laughs> that's 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 all they need now. Anyway, they, they don't need a post guy. So I mean, I, they, I they can sign there. they can sign you to a ten day contract, and you know the ten day contract that they would sign you to today. I mean, that'd probably just rival your salary when you retired, my friend. Think about that. Probably wouldn't. Uh, probably be more. Yeah. Right now that's you what know, I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if I twisted my ankle, I could be out for a month. There it is. Uh, here's Ray Clay, ladies and gentlemen. And now, making his return to the madhouse on Madison, even though it's across the street. There he is at seven foot one from the University of San Francisco, out of a wheelchair, limping onto the court with a bowl of soup in his hand, with the double knee brace. Bill Cartwright! The man in the middle from San Francisco, 7 1, Bill Cartwright! See? It sounded pretty close. He does it so much better than you, TC. Oh, stop it. Stop it! Yeah. Anyway, there it is, man. There's your introduction as he hobbles on the floor. So, yeah. How long? How many trips down the court can you make it before you'd have to put up your hand and say, "Hey, uh, sub out." Well, dude, you know, look, you you basically train all year to play at a basketball game. So, considering I haven't trained in years <laughs> to play at a basketball game, I give you a couple trips. A couple trips. That's about it, right? A couple trips. Um, yeah. uh, but that's okay. You would dominate the cigar lounge afterwards. Um, there it is. Dominate. If it's got scotch, I would dominate. Yeah, there you go. No question. <laughs> but make up your mind, Nubchuck. Jeez. All right. Steph Curry. Uh, we watched the game last night. We saw Steph Curry in your own building. Uh, you know, you played a good part of your career at MSG. We know that uh, 
back in the day could be pretty electrifying uh, with the crowd and everything. Last night, the crowd was was into it, even though it was an early season game, featured a bad home team. Uh, what are your thoughts? And how great is it that Steph Curry actually broke this record at the Mecca in Madison Square Garden? Well, records are it's, it's a positive thing. I mean, Steph Curry is a, you know, he's a great player. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um my thing is, is that Steph Curry broke a modern day record of what's going on now. We're shooting a ton of threes. Uh, I'm not even sure if the common fan would even know who has the record. I mean, come on, what is this? Is this Pete Rose break? Is this some Hank Aaron breaking Babe Bruce record? Is this somebody breaking Walter Craves record? Now, not to say that it's not a good thing. I'm just saying that it's a modern-day record. They broke Ray Allen's record. I'm not even sure you knew who had the record. <laughs> Everybody loves Steph Curry. It's a positive thing. It's a modern-day thing. Um, everybody loves him. It's a lot of hoopla. Uh, I'm not sure what to make out of it. I'm not even sure if it's great for basketball. Well, that's, yeah, you think yeah. about it. Now, now, let's think about that. The game is screwed up enough where certain guys are eligible to shoot a free. Steph Curry is number one. Uh, and there's some guys who are three-point shooters. To me, this screws up the game. Now you got guys who don't deserve to shoot it. Now here they come. Oh, I want to be like Steph Curry. You're not Steph Curry. You're not Tiger Woods. You're not... Uh, great like those guys are. You're not eligible. So, to me, this makes what we talk about all the time worse. Now you're going to encourage guys who have no business shooting threes, shooting threes, because it's like a good thing. To me, it's not a great thing. It's Breaking the record's great. Steph Curry deserves it because he's 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 a special, special guy. But for basketball, I think it's pretty sucky. You know, and that is a, a, a pretty good point as well. And when you look at, you know, we've talked about this before, about, you know, everybody thinks they're a three-point shooter. And just look at the first quarter last night before Steph Curry, you know, broke that. I mean, you got Alan Wiggins putting up threes. You've got um, your, your boy uh, Derek Rose uh, putting up I'm threes. Boy. You know, yeah. I like, I like Derek Rose. <laughs> I said, you're right. He's not a three-point shooter. He's really he's a very, very good player. Right. But there, there was I, I see him drive, but uh, yeah, that, and that's my point. It's like the, the norm now, and, um, and and look, let's blame Golden State for for the fact that people are playing this style of basketball that they have no business playing. Uh, they're they're not the Warriors, and and to me, until they finally figure out that each individual team needs their own offense that's special to their players, we're going to see this bad, this bad basketball continue to happen. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, as you know, I'm going to continue to watch because I'm a sports guy. But uh, all jacking up all these threes doesn't make one bit of sense to me at all. So, and I do want to go over that. I want to go over the evolution of the three-point shot and the progression that we've seen over the years. But 
you know, going back to what you said when we started off talking about Steph Curry being the greatest three-point shooter and holding this record, I think it, it does uh, have to mean something because, Bill, these other guys that, that he broke, and you mentioned that you know the, the record was held by uh, Ray Allen. Okay, let's go back. In, let's go back in history here. So the previous record holders and guys that you know, guys that you played with and against, we go back to. You remember the three-point shot wasn't even instituted until 79-80. I believe what, that was your rookie year. So 1991, Michael Adams. All right, remember Michael Adams? 626, yeah. okay? That, that was the number of three-pointers that, that he made to set the record. 1993, two years later, Dale Ellis broke that. And then it went back and forth because they were both playing at the same time. It was Adams and Ellis, and they kind of broke each other's record. And then Dale Ellis had 815. Here comes Reggie Miller. Coming back uh, five years after that, 1998, and Reggie Miller uh, ended up with a 1,592. Here comes Ray Allen in 2011 at uh, 2,562. And here we are with, uh, with Steph Curry, now 2,974 and counting. I think the Steph Curry situation is going to... to stand for a long, long time because this guy still has another probably five or six years, maybe at least, to play, and this guy is probably going to end up near 4,000. I don't think anybody is going to touch it. I don't think anybody is going to come close to uh, to, to breaking this, and then it will be a standalone like the home run record in Major League Baseball and other things of that nature. But I think, you know, you're right. I mean, back in the day, no one ever made a big deal. I don't ever really recall anyone, you know, celebrating, you know, Michael Adams or Dale Ellis or even Reggie Miller, or even Ray Allen for, for that matter, you know, because, uh, okay, it's, you know, the evolution of the game. There's more and more threes happening. But with Steph, I think it's different because he is going to blow everyone else away. And I don't think anybody else can catch him. Well, you know, I agree. I don't think anybody's going to catch him if he can stay healthy. I just, I just don't see like when Ray Allen broke. Ray Allen broke the record. Ray Allen broke that out of a normal type of basketball. If it wasn't a bunch of threes being jacked up by a lot of guys, same thing with Reggie Miller. Right. So in this in this circumstance. I think it's a little bit different because in this era, uh, Curry is going to have an opportunity to shoot more threes than Reggie Miller, than Ray Allen, than, uh, um, you know, there's three guys. I think this is right. Three guys that won back-to-back three-point championships. Larry Larry Bird and Craig Hodges. Right. Back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So, so that's celebrating the best three point shooters in the league. They won three times in a row. Um, where are those guys? So, so I, I can't just say um, Steph Curry is the greatest three point shooter because it doesn't. This this doesn't represent that. It represents this era, but it doesn't represent. Who's the best three-point shooter of all time? Because we didn't shoot him like that. I, I had an opportunity to play twice with Trent Tucker. What's they have the Trent Tucker role? 
Nobody's shooting a longer three-point shot than Trent Tucker. Nobody's shooting that I play with a more consistent three than Craig Hodges. And I played against Birdman. Right. And, and he was shooting them at talking, talking smack. So it's just really hard, I think. Is he the best three-point shooter? Yeah, in this, in this era. But does it represent the best three-point shooters of all time? I don't think so. Well, so that's, that's not, yeah, that's what you're saying is did. it's subjective because we had some great shooters back in the day. I mean, George Gervin was a great shooter, but again, they didn't put him up. And just to, to your point here, and this is why the, this is a little bit skewed, let's go back to when the three-point shot was instituted in 1979-80, that season, season you know very well. Okay, Do, do you know what teams, uh, how many average that they were averaging taking a game and, and making a game in that very first season when they instituted the line. Of course, remember that came over from the ABA, but still, even in the in the ABA in all of those years, you know, before that, people were not firing up, you know, 10, 15, 23s because that just was not part of the or offense. More. But te- more. More exactly. Teams attempted, think about this. The average that teams attempted in that very first season was three. Three Three-point field goals a game, and they're they're averaging making of less than one. One. That was it in that first season. And now you, you move forward. You go to Steph Curry's first season in the league, you know, going, you know, basically 30 years later, the 2009 and 10 season, Curry's rookie season, teams averaging making threes per game were six. The attempts were 18. Today, do you know where we're at? Teams are averaging making 12 three-pointers a game. And here's the, the, the mind-boggling thing that you and I are always talking about and complaining about. To, in today's game of the NBA, 35 attempts is the average. <laughs> 35 attempts? It's wow. insane. It's crazy. So talk about the evolution of the three-point shot. So you're basically rookie year. It was one. And then today we sit here and talk, you know, 40 years later now, 35. That's insane. Has any other sport, any other game changed that much? Maybe football where quarterbacks throw a lot more passes. Maybe maybe football. But has baseball really changed that much in 40 years? Basketball certainly has. Well, I think baseball has changed. And you need to get Dusty on answer about that because I'm, I'm sick of talking about uh, everybody's a home running it around there, and it's it's insane for me, and it's insane for me to to watch. It's got to be insane for any baseball fan to see a shift, and you guys can't butt the ball down a third baseline and just take a single, and they just don't do it. So it's I, so you know to me every sport has changed. Every sport has changed, uh, you know, and of course I, I complain all the time about. You know, guys being able to throw a 50-yard pass and not being able to catch the pass, and and there's a flag and you get the ball there, which is insane. So, so I so I I don't know. I I just really try to enjoy the sport for what it is, and hopefully during the course of the game, the officials will allow the players to dictate the action and dictate who wins and who loses, and the flag doesn't have anything to do with it. But this. This insanity that uh, goes on with um, with all these crazy three point shots, these crazy to me irresponsible shots, um, 
where the, the commentators would go, oh, that's a heat check. It's not a heat check. It's a bad shot. Mm-hmm. And any challenge three, in case you don't know, any challenge three, unless it goes in, is a bad shot. And I'll tell you why it's a bad shot. It's a bad shot because you can get a better one. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a bad shot because you could always get that shot. <laughs> so, and, and also, it's like a, um, uh, guys are weak. Guys, guys score better from 25 feet and easier than they do from five feet. And that's the that should be the mind-boggling thing. And that's sad, is what that that's sad. So get five feet for the basket and score. I, I know. So, I know we've talked about this before, but how many three-point shots did you attempt in your entire career? The big sub footer, ladies and gentlemen, big Bill Carter. How many three-point shots did you attempt? Well, the reality is, I, I did attempt three. <laughs> you attempt you attempted three. Is that the number three? You you three. know that off the top of your you know it. It's not like well about thirteen or about thirty. No, about three. It's three. You attempted three. Oh for three. Well, is that right? Well, yeah, and there's and there's a reason for that because I did play with Trip Tucker. Yeah, I did play with Craig Hodges. I did play with Bobby Hanson. I played with Steve Kerr. I played with uh, John Paxson. Some of the best. So, yeah. So that that was not my job is to stand out there. And, and and shoot the three. So, you know, somebody's got to be down low and play down there. Uh, we, we, know they, we know they don't play down there now, which is confusing. And one day we're going to have a discussion about uh, why is every freaking guard in uh, the NBA and in college basketball a guard? What is this, a surprise? Yeah, there's no more positions. So, hey, I want to go back to this, though, because I know people love when we talk about this stuff. So when you attempted those threes, what was the mindset? I mean, was it shot clock clock violation, right? It was a shot clock violation. So it wasn't like up by 20 or, hey, what the heck, right? And the crowd going, oh, yeah, 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 do it. That wasn't it. It was just shot clock violation, right? Like you had to. Shot clock, of course. You had to do it. And, and, you know, we were at a – and there is some time where you can have some fun during the course of the game. But but to me – uh, the one thing I'm not going to be in the game if we're up 25. And, and another thing is that if let's say that does happen, maybe there's some guys who on the floor who don't have an opportunity to score. Uh, you know, I'd rather make something happen for them to, uh, to help them celebrate a little bit. So, um, uh, there's, there's no justifiable reason for, 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 for me to be doing that. So here's the real question: What what the heck are you doing 23 feet away as the shot clock uh, is expiring? Why are you on the outside anyway? You should be in the low block anyway. Should be somewhere yeah. in the paint. What are you doing out there uh, by the line, hanging around? It, it, it can happen to where there's a loose ball. You get it, you get it, or maybe you're setting yeah. the wings for the ball. Right. You roll to a basket, and the ball gets batted around. And you catch it, and you got to fire it. Um, so, did you draw any iron at all? Did you come close in any way? Did did, did you think that you had a, your prayer? Did you say, hey, I, "I got no shot." I always have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> I always have a chance, and I still do. You do. Uh, I may not go in, but I got a chance. There you go, brother. Good stuff. <laughs> the big seven footer, big Bill Cartwright, and we're talking about Steph Curry, the all time three point 
uh, King last night. And yeah, those are valid points about, you know, is this good for the game? And that's another, you know, uh, d- debate that we will always continue to talk about. You mentioned some shooters real quick. Um, if you had to pick one best shooter that you played with or against, and you named some great ones there, but if, if you had to go with one man, who would it be? Greg Hodges. There you go. Our guy. There you go. Greg All right. Greg, Greg Hodges is is the man, and uh, he's he was the perfect three point machine. It's, and it's and it's almost sad that guys like Craig and and like I said, Trent Tucker. If those guys play now, they would make a fortune because that's exactly who they were. It's great, great three-point shooters, but uh, it was just a different time for him. And Craig's was more like a jump shot, too, right? I mean, he, again, a lot of these guys are, are, are catch-and-shoot guys, and they're, they're more, you know, they're more stand-and-shoot guys. You know, Hodges, I remember him raising up for a lot of his threes. He did. He did raise up. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, just great, great balance, great body form. Uh, but but Trent, Trent has really strong wrists. Right. So Trump was more of a flick. He would just flick it up there. And I'm telling you, if by 30 feet, you'd be amazed. Boom. It's, it's going in. So, um, like I said, special, special, special guys. And, uh, and also good guys. Great guys. Uh, great teammates. Um, great times together. So, like I said, if they played now, it'd be... You know, we'd, we'd be talking about him, that's for sure. All right, Craig Hodges, 563. Trent Tucker, 575. <laughs> and again, in today's day and age, they'd be right up there. There's no question about it. Why am I having the big seven-footer on it? Why didn't I have Craig Hodges on today? Pride of Long Beach State. We've had him on before. Uh, yeah. Now we we got to go have Craig on. There it is. You should, you should definitely have Craig on. Craig will love it. He, he would tell you all about it. Oh, he's great. No, he, we, we've had him on before, you know, and the courtesy of you. We appreciate that. All right, brother, we'll let you go. Uh, what's for dinner tonight? Uh, or are you already know. full? I, You're probably already full. You know what? I'm not. I've taken it easy today. I've been really good, and I'm thinking about doing some tacos today. Ah, been, Chicago tacos. You got a go-to spot there? No, I don't know. You know, I got uh, – I got my daughter here and my wife's here, so I, I pro- I'll probably get outvoted, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking tacos. I'll let you know it ends up. There you go, brother. All right, be good, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Adios. There he is, Big Bill Cartwright, talking about Steph Curry breaking the record last night at his old stomach grounds at Madison Square Garden. We come back, we talk some NFL. T.J. Reeves joins us live from Tampa Bay. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the Dr. T.C. Martin. You say I'm insane? I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. All right, very special day here in Las Vegas today because the news came out and it is official. That's right, that... Super Bowl 58 awarded to the great city of Las Vegas, Nevada, hosted by the Raiders at Allegiant Stadium. The date, February 11th, 2024, Super Bowl 58. So we knew it was coming. There had been talk about it, that uh, the announcement was going to be coming officially. 
the next couple days, and today it happened officially. So congratulations to our good friend Mark Davis and the Raiders in the city of Las Vegas. Uh, It's happening. February 11th, 2024, Super Bowl 58 here at Allegiant Stadium. So now the Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas will be uh, hosting the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl, and the NFL Draft. Uh, Not bad for a city that has never had an NFL professional franchise uh, until last year. So uh, kudos to getting it done and uh, looking forward to that. No better place. And believe me, that will be the first of many. All right, let's bring in uh, our good friend who knows something about hosting Super Bowls. That's right. I mean, knows about hosting Super Bowl parties at his house. But also there in Tampa because they've done it right for, for several times. The one and only T.J. Reeves, the Bucks sideline reporter. What's going on, my man? Always good to be with the doctor in the desert. And, yes, you can't talk Super Bowl right now without talking about the defending Super Bowl champs who won it in their own building last year at Raymond yes. James Stadium. And First time ever. Yep. I remember because I was there. You were there. I was there. Absolutely. That one, uh, Speaking of which, here's a little trivia for you there, TJ. Uh, two years ago today, what's the significance of uh, two years ago today in regard to the Raiders making this announcement today about Super Bowl 58 being here in Vegas? Two years ago today, relevant to the Super Bowl. Relevant to the Raiders. Relevant to the Raiders. Yes. Don't know. Was that was that the official announcement? Hey, we're playing in Las Vegas next year. Not a bad guess. Two years ago today. Not a bad guess. Two years ago today, the final game at the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. (laughs) Two years ago today. And then they held the press conference today in Las Vegas. Mm, kind of ironic, don't you think? That is that is interesting. As they uh, they ripped away the Raiders from the Oakland fans for the second time. This time to move them apparently once and for all to Las Vegas. So uh, it, it is. Uh, it's interesting how they're giving all this out because the only reason, well, the reason why that Super Bowl was in Tampa Bay um, for this past February was that SoFi Stadium, that five billion dollar. Uh, empire that uh, Stan Kroenke, the Rams, and the NFL built, it wasn't ready three years ago when they went to do the test back in 2017, 2018, whatever. I think 2018 would have been the test. They were going to have to test it to be ready. Um, they they were not or actually, yes, correct. They were going to test it in 2019, around that same time a couple of years ago. It wasn't ready. And so they, they were so far behind on the construction that they went back in the process and said, okay, the number two runner-up was Tampa, so the Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa, and all of that was set into motion before one Tom Brady had ever signed with the Buccaneers. Right. How about that? Because L.A. couldn't host the game. So now L.A. is going to host the game this year, and it will be fascinating if Vegas stays on some kind of a permanent rotation. I saw where they're going to put it in New Orleans, but they've got to delay it because of the Mardi Gras timeline and the dates. They've got to delay it till 2025, right. I think I saw. And that's exactly New- why this 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 Super Bowl 58 landed here, because it was, by all rights, it was New Orleans. It was theirs. And they came back and said, hey, since the NFL extended the season to 17 games, well, wait a minute now, that is, that's Mardi Gras time, and we're not going to be able right. to do that. So therefore, we need to find a, another venue. Boom. 
here we go, Legion Stadium. And then uh, that's what they did. They basically kind of flip-flopped because I think a lot of people believed that it was going to be 2025 for Las Vegas. But uh, that's what happened. Yeah, it was it was New Orleans to, to have, and they did have it. And uh, they said, you know what, Las Vegas, you go have it. Uh, we'll be enjoying our Mardi, Mardi Gras on February 11th, uh, 2024. And the rotation will be between probably about six cities, seven cities, L.A., Las Vegas, probably Phoenix, because Phoenix has hosted it several times uh, at theirs. Houston, I don't know if they're going to stay in the rotation, but they obviously are south enough and have a domed, retractable dome. The Superdome makes another, and then Miami and Tampa are the other two that are in the south. Uh, so it'll just it'll be interesting over the next few years if they keep that as kind of the rotation of here's where the game is going to be played. Because one thing in particular they've paid attention to is the warmer weather and that stuff for the fans, uh, for everybody that's involved, is what they idealistically want. They've had enough miserable times uh, paying off all of these cities that did build their stadium, whether it was in Minnesota, whether it was in Indianapolis. They played the one in New York and got a real weather break on that one with no roof on the stadium, that there was no snow for the one where the Seahawks beat the Giants. So they've, they've repaid all of the new stadiums with, hey, if you build the stadium, we'll give you the Super Bowl. So good on Vegas. I guess the party's at Uncle TC's house. There it uh, is. Can we go ahead and start making reservations for that coming? I think so. Yeah, let's make reservations, you know, two-plus years uh, down the road. There you go. Bring it on, man. You map this stuff out in advance, though. I know you. You're already plotting, planning, moving, shaking. Trying to get the parties, it's the A-list celebs, the food all lined up. It's never too soon for you. I know you too well. All right, it is, TJ. We're making the plans right now. We know it's 787 days, 18,897 hours, 1, <laughs> 1,133,841 minutes and counting. And I won't get into the seconds because my math is too confusing there. Okay. There you go. It's, so it's, it's happening. Official, do you have the official countdown clock going on right now for the Las Vegas Super Bowl? We, I think we, that sounds like the official clock to me. It is. It is. But here's the problem, though. I don't think that you're going to be attending because we don't think the Bucks are probably going to be in this game because Tom Brady will be retired by then. I don't, I don't know that that's a guarantee. The man <laughs> keeps saying I'm going to play till 50. And I don't know. I, I don't know how much longer it can hold up beyond this year. I don't know. I will, Do you... I will tell you what I've told you before and what I keep saying to everybody everywhere else. I'm there at field level every week. The guy has still got it. If he has oh, of course he does. time to throw yeah. and, and he's not getting hit and not getting knocked down, the chances for injury are much less. So... For right now, the way that he's playing at the level that he's playing with not getting hit, I think 22, 2022 is almost a given here that he's going to give it a go again next year, no matter what happens this year. Now, get back to me. If this team continues to roll like what it's doing with four straight, they stay roll through the playoffs, come out to SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, and somehow win back-to-back Super Bowls. Is that the reason now to just ride off in the sunset and say that's it? I don't know. But that's a conversation for about – nine or ten weeks from now that we could be having. We'll see. So have you forgotten about the times? Because I haven't heard, you know, any mentions of, you know, Vinny Testaverde and Brad Johnson, Josh Freeman, uh, Chris Sims. Where are these guys? They used to be Buccaneer quarterback. And then all of a sudden you get Tom Brady, boom, you go to the Super Bowl. Jameis Winston, is this? are you going to have to have a flashback, T.J. Reeves, after Tom Brady does retire? Then you're going to have to go back to the drawing board, and then we're going to be talking about all these ham and eggers from the past? 
I mean, Tim Rattay, you know? I mean, guys like that. Tim Rattay, yeah. Tim Rattay actually, I think, did start a game. That's probably true. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl, by the way, in your list. Steve yeah. Young was here, and he won a Super Bowl Tom Tupa. Uh, Tom Tupa punted in, played quarterback for you, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he was on the Super Bowl team. He was on the O2 Super Bowl team. Steve DeBerg. Let's don't forget Steve DeBerg. Yeah. I remember him Doug from his Williams. days with the Niners. Oh, well, Doug Williams, You have left out Doug Williams. No, no, you no. left out the throwing no, Samoan no. Jack Thompson. Washington State. No, I didn't leave them out because I'm Pat, I'm pointing out Ham and Agers. Ham and Agers that didn't get the job done. I'm not I'm not I'm going to the glorious. The Samoan. I'm talking about Jack Thompson. I understand. As, as, I that. But as a former Buccaneer teammate told me, that's the only quarterback I've ever played with with a 38-inch waist line so yeah so, <laughs> randy so hedberg yeah remember yes. that eric zaire wait, wait, eric zaire from now georgia I have, now i have a trivia question for the doctor Uh-oh, here we go what famous individual was the first ever quarterback of the 1976 buccaneers what famous florida football connected individual was the first ever uh, quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in game number one, September 1976. Does the doctor have a guess Would that, while you're hitting me with trivia Well, I mean, when you say Florida and you go icon, i got to think mm-hmm. Steve Spurrier right off the top. Steven or Spurrier would be correct. He took the first yeah. snap yeah. at quarterback for the winless Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 1976. He shared time with a couple of other guys, including right. Randy Hedberg right. and Parnell Dickinson. Parnell right. Peter Dickinson, who's still around the Tampa Bay area. Look at that. So, That's yeah, some stealth knowledge. You're not going to get that anywhere, my friend, all right? There you go. Good. Yeah. And don't forget, John McKay, your boy, our guy from SC, he didn't want DeBerg to throw the ball more than 10 times a game. He wanted to go student body right, left and right. Ricky Bell, let's go. Give it to 42, Ricky Bell. Still looking oh, sweet with that jersey time, and that old white helmet with the knife coming through the teeth there. You got to love The Bucko Bruce. The Bucko Bruce. There's a lot of talk here that, that next year is the first year that Bucko Bruce can come back because the NFL helmet – uh, studies and all the scientific stuff that they've been doing where you have to have the same helmet for 10 straight years. All of that is coming to an end for the study. So that means teams can go to an alternate helmet, and that's where the Bucks will go to the white with the Bucko Bruce and go to the orange and white. So there's a lot of people here that are excited for that because we haven't had that in a decade all right. here to be able to do the, uh, the throwback. But anyway, back to your original premise. Why at this moment, as we sit here on December the 15th, 2022, with the Buccaneers having won four straight, 2021, three, <laughs> you know, don't get great. <laughs> why, why, why do I care about what next year looks like right now? Can I not live in the moment and enjoy this year? You, I'm not supposed to enjoy but, this year. But since we're going to go Futurama here, uh, we got more breaking news, as you well know, TJ Reeves. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are traveling to my homeland. That's right, they're going to Germany. Bundesliga, Schweinsteiger, Bayern Munich. Here we go. TJ Reeves, let's get on the airplane, baby. We're going to Muchen, Muchen, Gladbach, Dortmund, Dusseldorf, Stuttgart, Hamburg. Let's do the tour. Ah, yeah. It is interesting what the NFL announced today, and I can tell you that Mrs. Reeves and the Twins have already seen it because it's on the local news, and they want to know if it's a given during Oktoberfest. So Mrs. Reeves and the Twins are already you know trying to plot and plan if it's in Oktoberfest for next year 
a Buccaneer game in Germany, can they finagle away? Uh, I might have to start asking for loans now, including from T.C. Martin and anybody else that might have a uh, that might have a loan to be able to make all of that happen. Crack their college fund again, just like when I came out to Las Vegas this past summer and dipped into the Twins' college fund. Right. So, yes, Germany. Uh, Germany is fascinating for a couple of reasons because they have had uh, American football, as it's known, in Berlin and in Frankfurt previously, in front of a bunch of fans. Back in the 90s, in particular, in the early 2000s. So it's just interesting because they divvied it up to a bunch of different locales all over the globe. South America, the Far East, you know, international Europe, uh, and all of this with different teams. So I guess the idea would be that the Buccaneers might play a game there in 2022 or beyond. It says says sometime in the next eight years. So who knows? Who knows on when exactly that would be. All right. Uh, before we do a say la vie in this uh, segment here, uh, River Dirtie or Bon Voyage or whatever they say in German there. You're mixing, uh, <laughs> you're, you're mixing all of your languages in goodbye. I like that. This is what I do. This is what I do. Sayonara. Buongiorno. Yeah. yeah. There's another sayonara. Um, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We got to touch. Uh, you were there. I mean, the 33-27 yeah. overtime game. Crazy game. Game of two halves. the newsroom. I'm there every week. Thank wow. you. Continue. Yeah. Game. <laughs> What 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 happened there? I thought you guys were going to choke this thing away at the end. And not only, and you know, with the Three Dog Thursday, I was going back and forth. Do I take that dreaded Washington football team or do I take Buffalo? And I was so close to going Buffalo, and I'm saying I should have went with the Bills. And all of a sudden, here comes a touchdown overtime. I go, well, I guess it didn't matter. And it wouldn't but have mattered anyway. It wouldn't have mattered. Well, I mean, it, three and a half. But it, bottom line is, the Bills came storming back. I thought you guys were going to choke this one away. But... Thought they were going to and doing it are two different things. I mean, the the Bucks have the Bucks have shown two things. Number one, high powered offense, the ability to get to big leads, and then they have shown on, on more than one occasion now this season that they can give up touchdowns in the fourth quarter and make the game interesting again. But it's a bottom line business, and the bottom line is they outplayed the Bills when they had to outplay the Bills. And I will I will say to you, to the TC Martin audience in Vegas, that's as loud as Raymond James Stadium has been. Probably in the last five years and maybe even in the last ten years, that moment when Perriman caught the ball and took off racing to the end zone, it was so loud that I could not hear our broadcast in my ears with Gene Deckerhoff screaming, Perriman, 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 as he ran down the sideline and raced into the end zone. And if this team goes on to run the table here and, and get the number one seed in the NFC and get ready to do damage in the playoffs, you may be able to look back at that whole sequence, that whole moment, and uh, and and the overtime win, Brashad Perryman, who was not wanted by the New York Jets, who was not wanted this year by the Detroit Lions, and released. And the Buccaneers said, "Thank you very much. We need receiver depth." And there he was in overtime. Boom! In yeah. a key moment to win a game over Buffalo. Yeah, uh, fantastic. And we don't know which what's happening with this Buffalo team now because every time they play somebody of substance, they seem to. To go go down and yep. uh, and again they found themselves uh, behind early in this game. Kudos to the Buccaneers. Uh, what is the most impressive thing about this Buccaneers team, in your opinion, right now? The pass game and the fact that almost nobody can stop it, especially if he gets time to throw the ball. I mean, it, game after game after game, he has continued to riddle defenses. About the only one that you would look at right now. Uh, would probably be the Rams game in September 
because they did a consistent job of slowing him down. He got a, he got a late garbage touchdown for the only touchdown he threw that day. I believe that's the case just off the top of my head. You could point to that Washington football team loss, but even though he had some problems in the, in the first half of that game, he ended up throwing for 300-plus yards and two touchdowns. It's the defense at the end that couldn't stop the WFT. So uh, Brady has been lethal with all of these different weapons. That's the most impressive thing. Whoever's playing this team, uh, you, you, it's almost a given. They're going to put 21, 24, 28 points on the board with this pass offense and the way that they can pass protect. Good luck. Good luck trying to stop them. It'll be fascinating with the Saints, who have seemingly had the Bucks number in the regular season, especially over the last two or three years. They had Brady's number in both matchups last year in the regular season, had his number again in the Superdome with a couple of uh, takeaways in the second half of the game in the Superdome earlier this year. So now that's the Sunday night game. But, I mean, if, if Brady puts a 300-yard, two or three passing touchdown day on the Saints – uh, look out if it's another victory because this this team is primed to be playing at home in January with him at the controls, which is always what they did in New England, and that's exactly what the Buccaneers uh, would want if they were ordering it up here yeah. coming up. Yeah, and um, again, Sunday night, I, I'm going to be on the Bucks As you know, I was on the Saints uh, earlier this year and those, those two times last year as well too, but I think this is a great get-back spot uh, for the Bucks, and they're not going to be looking past this because they clinched the NFC South uh, title with a victory Sunday Large night. Large line, yeah, yeah. Large, eleven. What ten or eleven? Yeah. Is it eleven? It's yeah, it's up there. It's big. It's big. Believe me, that, that the Buccaneers are going to be uh, on every teaser bet uh, from everyone here in Vegas. It's true. It's true. When you get these, well, here's a team the one like stat that for the audience, and this is good for the Three Dog Thursday podcast that you've already plugged. The Buccaneers have been at least a nine-point favorite four other times this year with Atlanta, Chicago, Miami, and the Giants recently on Monday Night Football. They have won and covered that line, obviously, in winning all four times. It's once again nine or more with the Saints in a rematch game. Uh, let's see. That, that it, it's a, I understand how it all works. We talk about it. You educate me. Many others educate me. You want people betting on both sides, et cetera. I get it. I just thought that was a little large. I thought it would be like seven, six, seven, something like that, but it's 11, 10 or 11. So that's, that's more of an indictment of how bad New Orleans' offense has been and, right. the, and that they're not playing the New York Jets this week. Let's look ahead. Uh, so you got the Bucks, you got the Packers, you got the Cardinals all at 10 and 3. Dallas on the outside right now looking at 9 and 4. Uh, being objective, my friend. What do you what are you thinking here? Which one of these teams scares you the most? Uh, honestly, I would think it's Dallas in a rematch. I would I would be most worried about that team, especially if you had to play them there. Obviously, if you had to play Green Bay and Green Bay again for all the revenge angles, freezing cold Lambeau Field. But I don't fear the Packers as much. I don't think they're that good defensively, especially when they go up to a, a good team. Arizona again, powerful offense, but I just saw. Right before I came on with you, DeAndre Hopkins is now out for the rest of the regular season. He hurt his knee in the Monday night game. So he's been a non-factor really the second half of this year with injury. Uh, Kyler Murray's been hurt too. Is Arizona going to start to falter here at the end where they're not going to be a factor and the Rams jump back in? So will it, would it be the Rams, the team to worry about too? It's just it's going to be fascinating. I, I will put this out here right here mid-December yet again, just like I was saying at the end of last year. And you, you tried to poo-poo it as much as you could in January, but I'm telling you this right now. If this team continues to play like it is playing 
If they get some kind of defensive help with Tom Brady at the controls, they're winning the whole thing. Mm. Now, the defense has faltered, but that defense locked in last year in late December and in January, and they won it all. Mm. So there's just all the intangibles of him with the experience and having done it before, the weapons they have, the pass protection. If you get some kind of defensive play to hold the other team down some or in the key situations – Who's beating the B-U-C-C-A-N-E-E-R-S? Go Bucks, especially if they're at home. Yeah. Well, here's, the, here's home, the thing. We'll find out. To use your terminology there, saying that I poo-pooed it last year, that's, that's because I felt that the Packers were a better team last year, and the Buccaneers are a better team this year. The Buccaneers were a wild-card team. I mean, they had to go on the road to play Washington that's last right. year. So, again, yeah, the Bucks are much better. They got just about everybody uh, returning. You got Leonard Fournette, who is now the man there, and I know he's got an ankle injury, so hopefully he'll be okay. But, no, the, this Bucks team, when I'm looking at it right now, yeah, and especially with Aaron Rodgers' comments, again, he'll always say something that will just derail this team, saying now, well, yeah, you know, he's not really, you know, talking about coming back to Green Bay. He wants to throw that nonsense out there. Yeah, not not a good look. But uh, no, I think it's wide open. Really, AFC, NFC. We're going to have some great uh, some playoffs time. Hopefully, everyone can stay healthy, and uh, we're not we won't be affected by COVID come come January and February, my friend. Yeah, I think you bring up a great point. I know you got to go, but I mean that's going to be a factor here over the next two yeah. or three weeks of games. And what does the league do? And who it. can handle the COVID nineteen outbreak stuff the best? All right, we'll see. Dinner table? What's up? Real quick, what do we got tonight? There is there has been an audible call. We were looking at grilled chicken and vegetables and rice, but the family has left, and I don't know the answer. While well, I've been talking to you, solo they have out oh. to get something. No, they've gone out to get something and bring it back. Oh. So I will have to update you at a at a later time frame here <laughs> on what we're doing. I don't even know. I gotta, I'm talking to you. I got to feel like I'll be getting a picture within the hour. All right, brother, <laughs> be good. Enjoy the call. Sunday night football. We'll be watching on TV, man, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try to be uh, finding you, yes. you know, over on the sideline. Please uh, keep me in mind for that matchup. Always good to be with the doctor in Vegas. Everybody check out the Three Dog Thursday podcast for the underdog. It's out where you get podcasts, brother. There it is. T.J. Reeves, Three Dog Thursday podcast, Big Fight Weekend. He's got it all happening there. We come back. Heidi Fang joins us live from Raider headquarters. We talk Raiders, Browns, and a whole lot more coming up next.